You're listening to the God, God Life Culture, Culture Podcast, Podcast, where faith and what's trending collide. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the latest episode of the Guy Life Culture Podcast. This is Eddie. What's up, everyone? This is Miguel, and we just want to say thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the God Life Culture Podcast. If this is your first time watching and listening, we want to say welcome to the God Life Culture Podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you can be notified every time we drop a new episode episode if you are a returning listener thank you so much for choosing to listen to us week after week if you are behind a few episodes you can catch up right and uh, make sure you go back and listen to all of our previous conversations and we know that today will be another great conversation as well Eddie, yeah. how are you feeling today? Um, today's one of those days that, you know, feeling great. The weather's been uh, gloomy yeah. the last couple of days. Ian has made its way up the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And although it isn't as catastrophic as it has been in places like Florida and Puerto Rico, um, we've had these consecutive days of raining. And, you know, I'm okay with the rain, um, depending as long as it doesn't mess up my plans. And luckily, yeah. it's just been a work week. So, you know, it's kind of been like uh, a little inconvenient. Um mm-hmm when you have to like go in and out of the car. But other than that, really, especially when you think about like the devastation that people have, are facing currently, whether it's in yeah. Puerto Rico or in Florida or in the Carolinas um, that are basically having to like go through rubble and find mm-hmm. things and personal things because their houses have gotten like destroyed by these rains and winds and waves. Um, you know, it, it really doesn't give me a lot of room to be able to complain, even yeah. if I was having a funky day. Uh, so I think that at the end of the day, you know, I'm just grateful for my health, my family's health, and that we are here and we're ready to jump into another topic uh, for you guys today. But other yeah. than that, how are you doing? Yeah, everything <laughs> is good. I hear you about the weather. The weather has been like it's been raining these last few days. Yeah. And, um, you know, but like you said, I think it just reminds us, you know, we can deal with some rain. Mm-hmm. Right. And it does remind us to be grateful and thankful, especially looking at everything else that people around us are going through. Right. Um, you know, we can handle being a little wet outside, yeah, yeah. you know, going to and from our cars and all of that. But other than that, we are doing good and excited for today's conversation. Listen, Tasha Cobbs has released a new album. Right. And on her new album titled Hymns, she has a song called the church i grew up in yeah and she actually recently was on a tv show i think it was a tamron hall show where she performed mm-hmm. the song live and that's where i first uh saw it and uh you know it's it's funny because just by the title alone i think you can kind of guess what the song is going to be about right without yeah. first listening to it obviously the church i grew up in maybe it's a you know her talking about you know the church she grew up in and all of those things but just from that title if you didn't have any context of tasha cobbs releasing a song what comes to mind when you think the church i grew up in do you visually see the church you grew up in yeah i can yeah i can see the church i grew up in uh, and i think for everyone when you hear that title it's going to hit you a little different depending on your experience mm-hmm. i think that for me when i think about the church i grew up in it is nostalgic in a way yeah um you know because i remember coming to church you know I, my, predominantly my family is catholic um and it wasn't until about the age of five ish six um when 
my mom and my stepdad, that whole transition happened. Um, and then, you know, we started going to like Christian church or, you know, straight up Pentecostal church uh, back in the day. Um, but, you know, that I had always heard about, um, you know, in Puerto Rico, um, and like Puerto Rican adults always talking about like Papa Dios, you know, Papa mm -hmm. Dios siempre está velando, Papa Dios this, Papa Dios that. Um, and even though I grew up hearing that for, let's say, five plus years, it wasn't until I actually you know, went to church, church, that I understood and experienced that as being a real thing. Um, so, yeah, you know, I think off the bat, it's it's a fond memory because yeah. it, it brings me back to my first encounter and discovery of who mm -hmm. God is. Yeah, it's funny because for me, I go back to uh, the first church, right, that I mm -hmm. was kind of, you know, uh, born into. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was like this storefront church, yeah. right, um, you know, where... It was like very small, nothing, you know, like what we have now. Mm. And um, I just remember there's so many different memories there growing up as a kid um, that just begin to like flood my mind when I think yeah. of that place. Like all of the little plays we put on, mm -hmm. all of the, you know, special programs we did and events we did and all of that. And, you know, it's I think it's really it's good and it's important to every once in a while reflect on those moments right yeah. and i think for some people like you said earlier when they see the title of the church they grew up in it could be very negative right mm. and very you know they don't want to think about it but i think for others um you know you have the ability to recognize that maybe it wasn't perfect mm -hmm. that it wasn't you know 100 percent, maybe the way it could have been or should have been or as effective as it could have been but there's still so many lessons that you learned and so many things that you went through that in reality did play a role in shaping you as a person and yes. shaping you as a Christian, as a believer, even if it was what not to do <laughs> for some people, true, true, you know? True. So like Tasha Cobbs in her song, she talks about a little white church in Georgia. Um, and, you know, she talks about how there was no fancy signs. There was only mm. one service time. The doors were always unlocked. Mm. You know, and um, she says, you know, it was the first place that she saw the hand of God. Mm -hmm. And she kind of goes in to talk about how, um, you know, there was healing in those walls. Angels walked those halls. And on a Wednesday night and Sunday morning, they didn't have much, but Jesus loved it. Yeah. And one of the lines that she says, that I think is so powerful. She says, if you want to know why I am the way I am, it's the church I grew up in, mm -hmm. you know? And I think, you know, so many things you can take out of this right now, but just the idea of the simplicity of the church she is describing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think uh, a lot of times, you know, churches now um, are very different, so different <laughs> than a lot of the churches that we grew up in. True. And, you know, I think sometimes you forget about that church wasn't always like this. There wasn't mm. always like crazy stages and crazy lighting and, LED you know, screens, smoke effects yeah. and people hanging off of ropes from the top of, <laughs> you know, the, the ceilings uh. and all of these different things. Right. It wasn't it wasn't like that in the beginning. It was mm. so much more simple and for some probably plain and, mm. and boring. Right. But and, and there is still a lot of churches that are yeah. like that. You know, I yeah. think that. Um, I think that there is there definitely has been an integration of technology and resources where even the most plainest churches may have a projector mm -hmm. going on in the background. Um, but not all churches are the big mega churches yeah. with the LED backgrounds and the yeah. people 
coming in on strings. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Twirling and stuff. Yeah. But it's just funny how, you know, I think a lot of times we can get caught up in everything else, right? Mm. And um, not saying that it's like, we need to go back to the simplicity of what it was and we need to yeah. strip all the lights and, you know, do things where, you know, we used to. That's not, you know, what I'm saying. But I think sometimes it's good to remind yourself and remember, mm. man, before there were lights, before there was all this different technology and projections and all these things, none of that was really a concern or none yeah. of that was really a stress or a factor in my church experience. And mm. she goes on to talk about that they were tear stains in the carpet, mm -hmm. you know, and communion in the back. And none of us were perfect, you know, but we all tried our best. Mm -hmm. So it's like almost acknowledging as well, you know, even with all of this, we weren't perfect. We yeah. didn't always get things right, but we tried our best. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just really cool. The idea that, you know, Tasha Cobbs at the level she's at right now, the platform she has, you know, she's able to basically credit who she is mm -hmm. and the way she is to the church she grew up in. And I mm -hmm. think that's a powerful statement because a lot of times, you know, people may point to other people, other celebrities or other worship leaders and pastors, their parents. And although I'm sure all those individuals played a role in who she is today, yeah. she does credit the church that she grew up in, in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. And I think that, you know, for better or for worse, because when you asked me the question initially, I think that the memories that popped out first were like, positive and good memories yeah but as it marinated you know there was a lot of other crazy stuff that popped out as well but i think that you know you there comes a maturity level and i think you know we had a couple of guests last year that we kind of hit this topic with as well where you know it kind of like you put that not that you put that to the side but you don't allow the negative stuff to be the determining factor um you know because at the end of the day i think Tasha said it very clear in her lyrics, you know, nobody is perfect. So we're all humans, you know, trying to figure this all out. Uh, and we're going to make mistakes and do things that we're not going to, we're not supposed to be doing. Um, but, you know, those are also lessons to learn from because yeah. as well as, you know, all the great memories and feeling God's presence and the idea of fellowship um, and taking on those experiences as positive experiences and allowing that to shape who I am as a person, all the crazy negative stuff too, in one way or another, have also shaped who I am as well, whether it is how do you, you know, deal with conflict? Like, how do you deal yeah. with disappointment? How do you deal with not feeling supported? You know, those are all negative feelings that you can feel in a church experience as well um, that mold you. And, you know, it's really up to you on how you allow it to mold you. Does yeah. it, Do you allow it to make you bitter or do you allow it to make you better? Yeah. And like you were saying, you know, there's always the negative attached to certain things. Mm -hmm. So even when you think of, you know, the church you grew up in or the people you grew up around or the town, the city, the family, right? There's always going to be negative surrounding that, right? Yeah. We can think of negative moments and negative times. And it's funny because this week I was talking to someone who, um, you know, they're, they just turned 70, right? And, you know, she Young. was- yeah. And she was just <laughs> saying how, you know, there are different moments in your life where you begin to sit back and reflect. Mm -hmm. Right. And she was saying how at her age now, um, you know, she's been doing that and that there are moments where she feels like maybe, you know, she could have done things differently in raising her kids mm. and her kids are all like in their you know, late thirties and forties. Right. And she's kind of like, you know, maybe I could have done something different. Maybe, yeah. you know, I, we could have been there more, maybe financially we could have made better decisions. Maybe I should have put them in a private school, maybe, you know, and just kind of going down the list of maybe we were too involved in church and not, you know, but then she said when she allows herself to go down that 
thought path mm-hmm. of the maybes of the should haves of could haves right like all of these different things she says that you know she feels anxiety begin to settle in yeah. and she's like that if there's one thing she's learned is that there will always be regrets mm-hmm. and you can choose to live in regret and choose to every day look in your past and and reflect and think of what you could have done differently that you didn't do. Mm-hmm. And she says, I can have, you know, I can make the decision to lament. I can make the decision to be upset, to drag myself and just live now in my 70s and basically just, you know, live wishing I would have done things differently. Yeah. And she was like, but each and every day when those thoughts come to me, I have to learn how to shake them off Mm -hmm. and I have to learn how to shake them off and know I did the best I could. Mm -hmm. I did the best I could with what I was given. She was like, you know, and you know, she was kind of explaining some of the things that were surrounding her life and what she was going through at different times in her life. And it was just kind of amazing to sit there and listen to someone at this point in their life, you know, basically say, we all have regrets, yeah. you know, at different ages. And I was in my 30s, my 40s, my 50s, my 60s, every decade. You know, it was like a list of regrets that we had. She was like, and that will never go away. But I refuse to live mm-hmm. in my regrets. Yes. I refuse to focus on just the negative. So I feel like it's the same thing when we think about our church culture and our mm-hmm. churches and, you know, where we grew up in. Are there things that were negative? Yes. Are there things that probably scarred us? Yes. Are there (laughs) things that were unfair or Mm. even at times just didn't make sense? Absolutely. But, you know, I think we can choose to dwell in that negative or we can choose to look at, but what did those things teach me? What did the church teach me? Because I'm sure even with all the bad and all the negative and all the things that you went through in that church that you grew up in, that you probably want to forget or don't want to remember, don't Mm -hmm. want to, you know, talk about, I'm sure there are positives and there are things, you know, that molded you Mm -hmm. being the person you are today, whether it was forming habits in you, you know, whether it was, you know, uh, just learning like what not to do. I'm sure if you really sit back and reflect that church you grew up in, you know, played a pivotal part in shaping who you are today. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think one of the things that I wanted to touch on in reference to your conversation with this person, um, you know, where is that sometimes when we have those moments of reflecting, I think it's okay also to be honest with you and admit you did not try your best. Mm-hmm. I think that there's, you know, there's times in our lives where we reflect and we look at moments where we did, did 100% everything that was in our capacity to do. But then there's times where we didn't. And that also is a learning experience in itself as well. To be like, you know what? I had the opportunity to do this or the opening um, to do that. And I, I have but I, I didn't really give it as much effort. I didn't give it as much care or I didn't pay attention to it the way that I should have. And now I know that that's the wrong thing to do because of yeah. whatever that experience was as well. You know, and I think that's important. I think that sometimes, you know, when we have these moments and these conversations where we're trying like, to encourage people, we forget that there it's a holistic approach to it as well, where, yes, you tried your best and there's a possibility you did not. So what do you do with that? Do you just be like, oh, I didn't try my best. I'm such a horrible person. No, you understand I am human. I made a mistake. I should have given in my all. Moving forward, I'm going to do my best to try to do that as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about um, was, and it, and it just it's coincidental because we're currently touching on this in our Sunday school class. Um, you know, we're speaking like Exodus and Moses and all of that. Um, but I remember that at seven years old, at a kid's service. I was going to say a kid's youth service. At a kid's (laughs) service, um, I had to preach, and that was the first preaching that I ever did. 
seven years old, kid service, put it together on my own. Um, and, you know, I look at that experience as like, first of all, you go, boy, you did that. Mm-hmm. Like you got up there all nervous with your high squeaky voice at seven right. uh, and put that together. But then once again, these are one of those things that you look at like kind of like, oh, but there's a whole negative side to that as well, which is that why did nobody coach you? <laughs> you know, like the whole idea. Right. Uh, but then those are the things that you learn. Like that's an experience that I take for myself, which is that, you know what? I had the ability and I, and I did the best that I could. Could it have been better? Yeah, maybe with some coaching. Uh, but as I grew up, I also knew that, you know what? You have to be a coach for certain people that don't have that in their yeah. life. Whether whether that is to check in on them, whether that is that you know that they're working on a project or they have to do a preaching or they're putting on together a special event or something like that. At a very early age, I understood the importance of checking in with people to be like, you know what, do you need help with that? Is there anything that you need my guidance in? Because at that age, I could have used it mm-hmm. and I didn't have it. Um, so, you know, that's an experience that people will look at it like, ay, bendito, that's so sad. But I look at it as, a, you know what, I learned from it. Yeah. And that's something that I take on with me moving forward instead of sitting there and being bitter about it. Yeah, I mean, as you're talking, I'm thinking back to, and I think I shared this before um, on probably like two years ago mm. on the podcast, but um, that I was like the soundtrack king, you know, that at six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years mm-hmm. old, everything, thing i did in the church mm-hmm. i was like singing songs and mm. i would have my own soundtrack that i would get i would bring my cd up to the front i would tell them play yes. number three yes. <laughs> right uh. and i would just sing Do you. right and <laughs> i was doing me and it's just funny because you know i remember like practicing at home for these moments and mm. all of those things and although you know i'm not a singer and although you know i don't think i have that voice i think you know from an early age just kind of developing the discipline mm. to like sit and learn a song and learn when to come in and when not to come in because this was like there were no background vocals <laughs> <laughs> so i i was my own cue this you know what i mean stop. yeah so this was just music you know <laughs> so it was like one thing to tr- kind of train your ear right yeah. to like know like when to come in when not to come in and you know, again, I see how that plays a role later on in mm-hmm. life where, you know, with the other things that I do with spoken word or whatever, where it's very much like, you know, those skills that I practiced when I was six, seven years old, mm-hmm. right, paid off, you know, yeah. and I think it's just something that, you know, you look back and it may seem insignificant, but those mm-hmm. were the moments where, man, that shaped me. Yes. You know, I think back to like my Sunday school, um, like I said, in the church we grew up in, it was like a storefront church, which mm-hmm. means at one point it was a store yeah, or, yeah. you know, like something like that. And, you know, uh, above the church, there was like the pastoral kind of like apartment, mm-hmm. right, where the pastor lived at the time. And, uh, you know, the pastor at the time, she, you know, lived there and she had like two kind of big spaces up there. And I remember for Sunday school, um, they would have people in the church. They would have people like they like split the church in half. And at one half of the church, they had like, you know, a wall Mm -hmm. and they had some people on one side, some people on the other side. They had people upstairs. There was like a foyer area where the bathrooms were. They had and it was not not big. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they had like 13 people in that area by the bathrooms. Right. (laughs) But I just remember, you know, and it's funny because my wife's mom, you know, is actually was my Sunday school teacher for like so many years. And we went and we joke about it now. But we went from being in like in the church at that time to being in the foyer by the bathroom 
rooms to them being upstairs to being in a kitchen mm. right in the pastoral kitchen all these different places and I remember every time they would move us for whatever reason we were being moved and people would switch around depending on the class sizes um, we would laugh and we would joke around but when I tell you you know I credit a lot of the Bible that I know and the knowledge that I have and you know the love for God's word I credit it to those Sunday school classes and yeah. all of those years you know where you know, we were just reading the Bible and mm. thinking about it. We were so young. There was no curriculum. There wasn't like, you know, we had this engaging curriculum. No, we had Bibles. Mm -hmm. And I remember they ordered us like these kids quest Bibles. And it was like a kid's version of a Bible. And they gave it all to us. And that was our book, yeah. the Bible. And we would sit there. And I remember we read Genesis. We read Exodus. We read First Samuel, like all the story of David and all of that. And a lot of those stories and the lessons I learned, I equate to those classes and those moments and those mm -hmm years now can i sit back and complain about the conditions of where we were and how we were by the bathrooms and how we had to move every time someone had to use the bathroom yeah. how there was you know the bathroom was right there when the person was in the bathroom we knew what they were doing you know what i mean like <laughs> when they opened the door we had to make sure we closed it like yeah. i can focus on all of the negative yes, you know yes, yes. but you know the positive mm. was so much you know better and so much more valuable that then you know when we move to our bigger church and actual church location where there's classrooms and all of that mm. you know you just enjoy that a little bit more yeah you know but again it started in the church i grew up in mm -hmm. you know and i just think now coming you know full circle and i've been teaching sunday school since like forever but the idea of you know i was always teaching kind of like kids or like you know preteens, and mm -hmm. now you know, as an adult teaching other adults, mm -hmm. I think that's kind of like a full circle moment. Yeah. Right. Where yeah, yeah. Um, it just goes back to that church. It is true. And I think, you know what? One of the things that I feel like and we kind of touched on this a little bit in the beginning when it was being like the LED screens and the smoke and the people flying in on um, machinery um, is <laughs> the idea that, you know, there is there are certain things that you kind of lose throughout the years. Um, and I feel that, you know, sometimes for the best and then sometimes actually not for the best. You know, like one of the things that I was thinking of and I'm still stuck in like how this whole kids service thing, because um man, at seven years old, I was preaching. That's crazy. Um, mm -hmm. Is how there was a lot of things that they would have us as kids do that I think in 2022, people will look at that and be like, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, to have, you know, you throw a seven-year-old out there to preach or seven-year-old out there to lead worship all on their own. Yeah. Um, you know, no coaching, no, no prepping, no practicing type of a thing. And, you know, I think by the grace of God and, you know, through like grace and talent and gifts that certain people have they did really well like they excelled in those areas and they were able to do it um and then there's other people who didn't weren't as successful but oh uh, you know que lindo he tried type of a thing right um and i and i look at it, and this is not no shade to anybody or anyone that's doing things differently in their church um but then like you look at now what's happening like in 2022 where it's kind of like there isn't as much children engagement in like kids services and stuff like that so then it's kind of like you, I, I feel like where did we lose something in there mm -hmm. where it was like we had these children just fending for themselves trying to lead a service so now they're not really involved in the services um so i feel like there's like a middle ground where there needs to be like this good balance of like keeping kids engaged keeping kids in the front to develop those skills because uh, i think it's important that you know when they transition from like kids ministry into like youth ministry that they have the ability to then 
be able to like do stuff yeah um versus them being like thrown into like youth ministry and they're like i don't even know what's going on um mm-hmm. and obviously you know there is a lot of parent engagement that is responsible for that mm-hmm. as well like you can't really fully you know uh depend on the church to develop certain skills and stuff like that in your kids but i think that throughout the years as you look back and i look back at my experiences and things like that you know you can't help but to be like man there were crazy times there was stuff that is like i can't believe that they allowed certain things like that to happen but it's also like yeah but that was kind of like in in some ways in some occasions you know it kind of like taught some of us to be more independent in the church realm yeah um whereas now i find that more difficult to see in 2022 that when certain people are transitioning from age groups or even from like a youth to adulthood you know sometimes it's kind of like they didn't have they they didn't learn Mm -hmm. that skill to be independent yeah um and resourceful and serviceable in church yeah and again i think that's a perfect example of looking back at the church we grew up in right and seeing you know this was something that worked really well yeah you know this was something that was done that we saw great results in you know but now like you said not everybody you know who had Mm. those opportunities it really worked out for and i'm not talking about because they didn't have a good voice or they didn't have you know because oftentimes then we run the danger of putting people to do certain things right that they weren't graced for or they just weren't ready for or ready to handle but now it's like okay if this is what we saw back then how can we change that now and how can we fix that now Mm -hmm. you know where it's kind of like looking back at where you grew up in and noticing the times you are now and you know the relevancy of the times now and knowing how you need to adjust and you know one of the things in tasha's song that she says i think is super powerful is that she says you can try to tell me that the church isn't alive today but i know that it is so i'll tell my kids that they're still healing in these walls Mm -hmm. there's angels dancing down these halls and she kind of goes on to say we don't need much because jesus loves it and you know this whole idea of the church not being alive today the Mm. church you know not being important not being relevant we hear this all the time and i truly am a firm believer and it's the reason why i i'm still here and the reason why you know i probably will remain here is because i do believe in the church Mm -hmm. and although it has gotten you know maybe different than what it was and maybe far from what it used to be and you know there are different things i'm talking as a church as a whole Mm -hmm. right not specific churches but you know the the way church is done and now we have things online and virtual experiences and now there's even like a metaverse church situation where there are people Mm. at home with glass like going into this the universe the vr VR world right Mm. and we're not judging right Mm. (laughs) but i need to research how that works (laughs) right but literally they walk in and they have services and stuff Mm. and they're like i guess in you know that experience Mm. um there's that there's just so many different things you know with the presentation of churches that have changed throughout the years mm-hmm. right and although we see you know that the church maybe has been involved in scandals and although the church has been involved in so many different things i still believe that there is power in the church yeah you know and i still believe that yes you know 
Um, some of us who have grown up in church all of our lives, you know, remember the church we grew up in. It may not be the same. It may not be the same feeling, right? But God is still moving and God is still doing something. And the fact like that she says, I'll tell my kids, you know, the fact that there is a younger generation that's rising up that needs to know the church is important. Mm -hmm. You should be going. You should be a part of it. You know, you should want to see it prosper and flourish and grow and, you know, expand and reach people in your community and outside of your community but it's still relevant it's still important and i think it's easy to fall into the trap today that it's unnecessary that it's not important that you know we don't need to attend that's just problems that you rather you know be church at home and do church at home i think there is something special and powerful when imperfect people gather together and are belting out you know mm. jesus are crying in the altar mm. are with hands lifted regardless of what's happening in their life there's still power there mm. and i think it's our job as believers and as people who believe in the church to make sure that that doesn't die yeah you know to make sure that we're telling our generations and we're telling those after us no you need to be here this is important yeah and i think you know it's it's it is difficult. You know, I think that with changing time and changing generations and things change. And I think that that's why we've kind of seen like change within the church as well, because, you know, times is changing, um, you know, but I think that there's certain core things that is just like pivotal and important fellowship being one of them. Like that's so important to congregate together as a church. It doesn't matter. Like, and I'm not saying like, you know, there, there's churches that do a lot of like, you know, like small groups and they'll do like outreaches. So like they look like they're together a lot. Mm -hmm. But I mean, like in worship and in prayer, that's very important to come together in, you know, so it's like, yeah, doing a lot of activities, yeah, doing a lot of outreach, all that is great. Yeah, I got a whole bunch of stuff happening. Yeah. Uh, but make sure that you come together in fellowship in worship, that you come together in fellowship in Bible study and in yeah. Sunday school, that you come together in worship, uh, together in fellowship in prayer as well. You know, these are all things that are highly important. Yes, you build the relationships and all the other things. But, you know, when it comes to moments of feeling the presence of God or when it comes to moments where you need a prayer or when it comes to moments where you want to lose yourself in worship, Worship. You know, those are all things that are important and vital as well in our walk. Yeah. So we encourage you to take a moment and reflect on the church you grew up in, reflect on <laughs> the things that you learned. And, you know, you'll probably right now as you're doing that, think of a lot of negative things. And you're probably thinking of memories that scarred you and what wasn't done the right way and what was done imperfectly and what you would do and how you would change it. Right. If you were the leader, or the pastor, or if you were in charge, I dare you to put that to the side. And regardless of how messy that church was, regardless of how damaged, right, you may feel like you are from certain experiences Think of that church you grew up in, and I'm sure the power of God was there. I'm sure you can think of how that church played a role in your life, even in the smallest thing, the habits it developed in you. And even if there were negative experiences and things that you're not super proud of, you know, what did you learn from that? You know, and recognizing that the church is not perfect. Mm -hmm. it's It will never be perfect. Um, but that is why I think it exists, right? Imperfect people coming together yeah. to, you know, seek that perfection in Christ and, you know, 
we need his wholeness. So when we listen to a song like the church I grew up in, all of those memories start flooding back. All of those, you know, things from my childhood start coming back to me. And, you know, like I said, it's easy to forget those things. Mm-hmm. It's easy to forget the good times and the good memories. Um, and even just as you get older and life, you know, begins to happen and, you know, you go through different things, you have to make a conscious effort to go back to that childlike faith. You know, to go back to those moments where you were a child, where life may have been simpler. And, you know, some of us still in, you know, crazy environments or crazy responsibilities and, you know, situations in our lives. But we still manage to smile. We still manage to, you know, preach at seven years old. We still manage to put on full productions at 10. Yeah, that's us. (laughs) Whatever, (laughs) whatever it was that you did, you know, you got yourself together. You pulled yourself together to Mm. get it done. So today at 29, at 33, at 34, at 47, right? 70. You can, at 70, right? You can get yourself together Mm -hmm. and recognize, you know, that it probably wasn't perfect. It probably wasn't the way it could have been or should have been most successful, right? But there were things that it taught you. Mm -hmm. So how could you pass that on to someone today? And how could you remind someone of the importance of the church? Yeah, I think that's very important. That's a perfect way to sum it up. And if you go down memory lane and you remember positive, great stuff um, and you're like, man, we don't do that no more. See how you can implement that yeah. in a 2022 fashion. You may not be able to do it the exact same way that you did back in 97, uh, but you may be able to take that concept, that idea, build on it and make it something that will revolutionize your church and the people around you. So thank you Absolutely. for tuning in. And as always, you can find us on all our socials. Yeah, so find us on Facebook. Facebook and Instagram at God Life Culture Podcast. Be sure to follow us there. Subscribe so you can be notified every time we drop a new episode. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, watching our podcast right on YouTube, be sure to leave a review wherever you listen to the podcast. Uh, be sure to leave a review and a rating that helps put the podcast in front of more people. Yes. And like always, we will see you in our next episode so thank you once again for tuning into the latest episode of the guy life culture podcast that's god, god life culture. culture until next time see ya bye